Well, I see it's 9 o'clock, so let's get started, and I'll give it a little bit of time and a few seconds for editing purposes, and then we'll start. Hi, everyone. This is Friday, February 20th, 2015. This is the Novel Ideas discussion, and I'm your host, Randy Shelton, and we're discussing the book Whiskey Island by Emily Richards. So as we always do, let's go around and see what people thought about the book. Well, I'll jump in first. Uh, It's been... A couple of weeks since I finished, so so some of the character names have, have faded a bit, but I'll I'll pick them right up when y'all start talking about them. I really like this book. I thought I I thought it was very very well done. Uh, I, I like that. I tend to like stories when they've got like two different settings and different time periods, and I thought she did a real good job the way she presented these two stories, and the stories were interesting, and I, I like the way you know the stories came together. And uh, I like the characters. I liked uh, I liked learning a little bit about uh, Cleveland and uh, that that part of the country, uh, which uh, I, I don't guess I've ever read a book that, that's been set in Cleveland, Cleveland before. So uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was really good, and uh, I, I give it uh, I gave it two thumbs up. I agree. It, it was a good book. Um, it started out a little slow. But uh, after about the third chapter or so, it really picked up and it held my interest all the way through. And uh, I'm definitely glad it was recommended. So, uh, um, and I love the girls. All three girls were so feisty and just very cool. Peggy, uh, Casey, and Megan. They were just uh, great characters. I agree with Marsha. In the beginning of the book, uh, I wasn't sure that I was going to like it, but after we started getting into the various storylines, um, I really did enjoy it. In fact, I enjoyed it so much, I went right on to read the next sequel to it and enjoyed that as well. I feel exactly the same way. I was really hesitant at first. I, I thought, you know, I'm really not going to like this book about a saloon. <laughs> and uh, I ended up enjoying it a lot. I, I'm like Alan. I like it when we go back and forth in kind of two storylines and I thought she did a very good job of bringing them together and answering our questions and I would certainly read another book by her and so I didn't realize there was a sequel so um, that's interesting to know. Yes there is and I did the same thing in fact uh, I think Liz is here in the room she hasn't said anything but she told me about it I didn't even know that uh, it was out there and I went and, and downloaded it and went from one book right to the other book and it's it's the sequel is is just as good if not better but we won't go there yet hi this is liz um i am speaking is anybody hearing me yep yeah we heard you we we were going to tell marcia you just said all that and uh she must she must not have been listening i guess i didn't recognize your voice for a second liz (laughs) sorry it's okay marcia people do sound different over uh, over different things like over the phone and over the speakers and stuff. I like the book. Um, the characters were great. 
I liked it from the beginning. I love when a book starts out with um, something suspenseful happening or something right away. Um, I like the reality of the book. I like where uh, how it showed how Nick was truly going through it, not being a priest and going through some soul-searching and how uh, Megan... I like books where each character learns something, whether it's about each other, yourself, life in general. I love books like that, and this is a great author. I will definitely be reading more by her. I actually think, guys, that there are two more books in this, and I'm not sure if I'm right, but I think there are. The Parting Glass is the sequel to this, and I have to agree, it's just as good, if not better, but like Marcia said, we won't go there now. (laughs) Um, I don't know if there is a third one. She has several series that are on board, the Happiness Key series, which I liked, but I prefer the Shenandoah album series, and if you ever get a chance and you really like her books, I highly recommend that series. She is... A fam- she is or was a family therapist, so um, she she delves into a lot of these relationship issues. But anyway, I'll stop talking because there's a few people who haven't had a chance to say anything yet. Hi, uh, Carla Hayes, McMurray, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> I don't know if I share all of your love for the book. Um, I guess it's... In, I liked the character development and the jumping back and forth and um, some of the depth of everything, but I guess I'm just not into the sex murder scene. Um, I, you're going to laugh. Um, when it opened with the carjacking and everything, I said to myself, oh, no, not another book like this. And then I said to myself, if that child dies, I quit. <laughs> I was so glad that she didn't. But then I did get engrossed in the book, and I couldn't put it down real easily um, because I I didn't want to find out what happened to the various characters. Uh, I think that she left us hanging at the very end in some ways. You know, she, um, I think they sort of um, tied it all up as far as what happened with um, Megan and, well, well, with, um, yeah, with Megan and also with um, Lena and um, Rowan. Um, but they sort of left us hanging with Ashley, i.e. Alice Lee. Um, you knew that Casey was going to get some sort of a, a sentence, even if it was a slap on the wrist. But I'd like to sort of know what happened to that little girl. And uh, the other thing is that I don't know. I got a little bit weary about all the the sex. I think they they spent too much time on that. But otherwise, I did like it, and I like the characters enough that I might be cajoled into reading any of the sequels. Well, this is Sherry. I'm glad Carla said that because I'm not quite as enthusiastic as everybody else either. I I mean, you know, from the first few pages that uh, Megan's going to end up with Nick, and Casey's going to end up with John, and 
through the whole book. They're both fighting it, but of course they both end up with them in the end. And that just to me seems like such tiresome romance cliche. But what I did like was the jumping back in time. And I did like the Nick character. I thought they did a good job of having him be an ex-priest, and they developed his character really well. I really liked the way he handled the young kids that came to work in his house. I thought that was really a nice uh, thing that they'd handled. The other thing that, um, this is just a personal thing, but on the when they were talking about Lena, I mean, as soon as she went to that house, you just knew that guy was going to rape her. Every time he came on the scene, I would just skip ahead because I just did not want to hear their interchange and hear what happened to her. But, you know, you just kind of knew that was going to happen. Another thing that I really liked is I liked the fact that they left us hanging as to, at least unless I missed it, who the real parents of Lena's baby, who the real father of Lena's baby was. And I was wondering if that bothered people because that didn't bother me at all. And actually, I thought that was kind of a nice touch. Well, I agree with Carla. I'm like, what? What happened with Ashley? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I guess her father was there and whatever, and I think they arrested him or whatever, but they never really, she never really said, you know, where where, where she went or, or anything like that. And, then, and so, unless, unless I miss that too. Yeah, I'd like to know her scumbag father actually was convicted and went to jail too. Well, and I wanted to know what happened to Rooney because I thought he was, and this is going to sound bad, but. I thought after he got out of the shower and he didn't take the clothes, I thought he was going to kill himself or something because he was really acting not good. you got to read the sequel and find out. Yeah, I was just going to say a lot of these questions do get answered in the sequel, but not the one about Ashley. That never really gets answered. Well, sometimes I do like where they don't tell you everything. It's sort of like, I, I know I probably sound like a, a broken record, but that old Sopranos thing, you know, if you ever watched the Sopranos, um, where at the end they're playing Don't Stop Believing, and then it's my understanding the screen goes blank, you know, it just goes black, and you don't know what happened to him. Did he get his brain shot out or what happened? And Sometimes it's sort of fun to finish the story yourself. But I guess being a teacher and a child lover, I got too attached to Ashley not to find out what happened to her. But I, I do like the, <laughs> let's say, the uh, luxury of coming to my own conclusions about Rooney. I would like to think that things turned out well for him, that he did come back and that he did get help. And I would like to think that Perhaps um, it doesn't really matter whose father, um, who was little Terry's father, and I'd like to think that it was Big Terry. But I guess I'm an idealist. But I, I generally am not into romance books, and I'm not into sex and violence. There's too much of that on the news. When I read, I read to escape. And I was really glad that they didn't continue to dwell on the hijacking, the carjacking scene. But I don't know, I, I guess I'm just not into murder and love and sex and all that. <laughs> I'm not into the violence and the sex if it goes too far. I mean, I actually skipped um, the part with Megan and um, Nick. I think that's where it went pretty far. Um, but, but... I like this book because of the depth of it. And like you said, Randy, I, I guess she was a family therapist or whatever. 
I like it because of I like to learn things from books too. Even if you know I learn things about the character or about life in general, I like this book because this is what I would call a hmm medium light read. Because it wasn't light because you had, you know, what was going on with um, with Lena and Rowan and what was going on with uh, James Simeon and how he kind of binded it all up together. But it was a light read because you had the parties and you had uh, Casey coming home and, you know, it was fun. about the sex scene with Nick and Megan. I wonder if they did a lot of that because... He had been a priest and celibate for so long. Because I feel I like a lot of all of you. I don't like big sex things. And I, I just thought that part was interesting because he had been a priest. It's interesting to know she was a family therapist. That, that makes sense because I thought the little girl's actions, uh, Ashley's actions were very realistic for a child that had been traumatized. And I thought her character was very well written. Yeah, it could have been because he was a priest. Barbara, I didn't think about that. And Carla, if you want to read a book about a child, again, you know, if you you were captivated by Ashley, I suggest you read the sequel. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to tell you. But anyway, um, yeah, the sex scenes I didn't care for either. But I really, I like how this author... Um, writes blends past and present you know where you are there's no confusion about what's happening and I guess um, and I thought the some of the things you know when they had the St. Patrick's Day party and some of the things that actually, some of the things she talked about with the family and how they always had to have a reason, they, they celebrated everything in true Irish fashion and I guess being Irish myself that I, I enjoyed that part of it too. Just the, the family, seeing the family dynamics that went on. There has all family dynamics have always interested me, but it's just it's fun. I like to read books like that where the relationships are developed and seeing the three sisters rekindle their their bonds that they had always had, even though Casey had been gone for years. Um, yeah, I just uh, with the Ashley um, storyline. I was a foster care worker um, in my early life, and I think that I mean that really struck a chord with me because there was at least one child on my caseload that I really wanted to snatch up and, and take away for protection. So I mean, I was interested in that, but I also think that it was a little bit unrealistic that she actually did snatch the child and take a little bit with her because that's, that's something that you know, we knew that was definitely not okay. Um, so I, mean, I just wanted to say that, that was a particularly sticky place for me. You know, we were all talking about the sex scenes and stuff. One of the things I liked 
was when Katie was talking to Lena, and a lot of books that you read, well, that I read during, you know, the 1800s and stuff, a lot of times the young girls are scared and the guys, you know, either they don't care or they're whatever. But I liked it that Katie said, you know, she had a chat with her, not to embarrass her, but to just say, you know, don't be scared and blah, blah. I really like that. Well, I don't want to come off sounding like a real negative Scrooge because there were things in this book that I, I did like and made me feel at home, of course, <laughs> being as much as I love children. Um, I, I really loved, well, I liked Nick's character, how he took how he took those kids in and they fixed up the house and he even took Josh in to live with them. I think Nick was one of my favorite characters and Peggy, too. For uh, she was going to have the child and raise the child, and I, I thought that was really great. And being for the downtrodden, I, I really hope for the best for Rooney. I also liked the way the narrator read the story. I liked how she um, she really depicted the Irish very well, and even Rooney, how how she did the how she did his voice and and the slyness that she brought to um, Simeon, the the meanness, the evil, the slyness. I I mean, I think she did a really excellent job. And the other thing that really made me feel at home with this book was the references to Pittsburgh and to Cleveland. I went to Westminster College up in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania, which is roughly halfway between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And my brother lived in Cleveland for a long time. So I was familiar with Euclid Avenue. And the one question that I have that maybe one of you could answer, is there any truth in this book? Um, Was this all fictitious or was some of this actually part of Cleveland lore? as far as was there a whiskey island, etc. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. One thing I was wondering what you guys thought is I didn't understand why that the uh, priest, McSweeney, when he killed Simeon, why he didn't tell Lena that he finished him off because it seems like that would have relieved a lot of her guilt about killing a person, even though the person clearly needed killing by somebody. Um, I was surprised he kept that a secret or did I miss something and she really knew that he finished him off because they did have this diary that they seem to have passed down through the generations. So if she read that, she would have known, but I got the impression she didn't know. So maybe that's my confusion. I don't know. I don't remember uh, his telling her that uh, he killed him either. You, you make a good point. That that would have seemed like the thing to do. Maybe being a priest and, uh, Everything he decided to to keep it on the on the QT, uh, and there is a whiskey island, Cleveland. You can read about it in Wikipedia. Oh, okay, thanks, Alan. I was kind of wondering the same thing because I was going to ask you, Carla, since you you know were familiar with Cleveland and uh, you know different areas. So uh, I'll have to go check that out. So I wonder wonder if it's still there. And uh, no, I don't. I don't think. Uh, McSweeney told anybody that he killed uh, Simeon. Um, I, that's just one thing, I guess, he just kept between him and 
him and God, I suppose. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you received forgiveness for for that because Simeon was such an evil man. I also think he didn't tell her because, and I think a lot of that was because of you know being a priest, and um, I have a feeling he kept that secret only in the journal. And that was an interesting twist. I honestly thought that, um, I accidentally, because see, I read this both in Braille and um, through the Bard. And at one point I was trying to find my place in Braille and I accidentally skipped ahead. And so I saw that he had been killed and I thought, oh, she killed him because it said she killed him. And when I found out that McSweeney killed him, I'm like, whoa, okay. I thought if anybody would have killed him, it would have been Rowan or her. So I was that was an interesting twist right there. Well, maybe I missed something, but didn't Rowan know that McSweeney killed her? I mean, killed him. I see Tina's here. Glad to see you made it, Tina. Um, let's back away and give her a chance if she has anything she wants to say and so, Tina, if you want to try and, you can hold down the control key, or if you, if your mic's not working or whatever, you can type something in and we can read it in. Okay, well, um, yeah, so, Leela, you were sneaking ahead there, huh? <laughs> um, I forgot about that part. I actually forgot that, um, that, McSweeney was the one who finished him off. And I don't know if Rowan knew. He might have, but if he did, I missed that too. Uh, Tina typed something into the chat. She says, hi guys, can you see this message? And yes, uh, I can see the message if I strain. And, uh, you know, Rowan was there when it happened. I, I got the impression he probably wasn't in the room when uh, uh, when the priest finished him off, so uh, I, I don't think he necessarily knew. But we know that Rooney knew because Rooney had the diary, and he described himself as the keeper of the secrets. So other people must have known about those secrets to pass them on to Rooney or something, unless he just happened to find the diary sometime in his adulthood. I, I found that whole thing a little bit not maybe very clearly written out. I think that McSweeney killed him, Rowan came back, and they buried him. And I I think they kept it between themselves. Oh, so that would mean that Lena would have to know. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Lena knew he was dead because she thought she killed him. But I don't know if she knew McSweeney actually finished him off later when he came to. And I think Lena obviously knew they took the body somewhere and disposed of it. Well, she wasn't even there when when the priest actually killed him. I, I mean, they had him somewhere on the way or whatever, didn't they? I mean, she, they weren't still in the house. Yeah, I don't think she was in the room when the priest finished him off. I mean, she had... Maybe she was somewhere with her new baby or something. I don't know. I think, if I remember correctly, McSweeney um, was waiting or something. Oh yeah, he was waiting for the he was waiting for Rowan to come back with 
uh, Lena and the money or something like that. Or he had come back with uh, the money, and so he was waiting for uh, Lena and Rowan to come back, I think. And um, Maybe I got it wrong. And then James started coming, too, and he basically killed him. James started opening his eyes, and McSweeney saw him opening his eyes, and then he, and then he choked him. Tina, uh, if you've got a mic and you want to talk, you can hold the control key down. And if nobody else is talking, it'll chirp. It'll make a chirp sound and just keep holding it. And that means you've got the mic and we'll be able to hear you talk. If somebody else has the mic, when you hold the control key down, it'll put you in a queue. And then just keep holding it down. And when your turn comes up, then it should chirp. Okay. Um, Hopefully this works. Um, I'm still reading the book, but I'm finding it um, enjoyable. And well, I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah, um, I like the suspenseful part of it, and I just I just think it's a good book. It's it's not slow. Um, it kind of holds my interest. I have a book club for another a book for another club next week that I haven't even read yet because my husband read it and he just said it's just slower than anything so but but I like this one it had a good beginning it kind of started off with something that kind of made you wonder what was going to happen and yeah I I really liked it and it's by one of my favorite narrators as well so so that always helps because I think how they read it can sometimes add quite a bit to it yeah I agree you came through loud and clear so yeah, I agree. The narrator can make or break a book. And Martha Harmon Part D is one of the best. I really like the sequel to this book part. I like part of the last. And it told a lot in that book about Peggy and her baby. Yeah, it does. It takes place in Ireland, too. A lot of it does. I love books that take place in Ireland. I love books about Irish people and stuff like that. I do. Um, Martha Harmon Pardee did great with this book. She does great with anything she does, but she did really good with this book. Um, it was very, very hard to put down. I literally had this, because if, if I read a book too soon, I don't, I don't remember, you know. So I literally had to step away for a few days, because if I didn't, I'd have had it done in a day or so. That's well, easy to do. Um, I read... A lot of it last night. I woke up early and just spent several hours just, you know, reading on my stream this morning. And I also like how it goes between, um, I don't typically, you know, like books that, that take place a long time ago, but I kind of like how, they, how she wove the, what was going on in the, I guess, the 19th century and with what's going on today. It's really kind of neat in a way how it kind of went back and forth. Yeah, she does that with all of her books, and she does a really good job of it. And at least for me, it's like you're actually there, and that's one of the things that I like about her writing. Well, I'm very, I'm grateful to uh, this book club here, because otherwise I would have never read I, I never, I've never heard of uh, Emily Richards, and I wouldn't have uh, read any of her material. So I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that uh, Carla or, or um, Randy, I think it was you who suggested the book. So thank you, and uh, I'm definitely going to read more of her offerings. I second that. 
I agree with Marsha. I wouldn't have read. I wouldn't have known about this book either. I had heard the author's name, and I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out how I had heard it. Well, Randy, you jog my memory. It's the um, Shenandoah album series, and I'm going. I have not. That's on my to be read. So I'm going to do that. Um, and about being there, yes, I felt like I was right in the saloon. I felt like I was, I was handing out sandwiches and throwing, you know, towels or whatever. Get this done. Get this done. It was so fun. Rooney to me was a character though that you had to like. He may have done a lot of things, you know, left his family and left them to fend for themselves. But I I felt bad for him because he was so obviously he had he had severe mental illness and I felt bad for all of them for their struggles with him. Peggy didn't know him. And Megan was angry, and I could certainly relate to that. But he was a character that, to me, I I felt for him when he would show up, and it was obvious he was scared, and then he finally felt safe enough to be with Nick. And then he finally did with Megan a little, too, in the end. Rooney, to me, was, was very sad. You couldn't help but like him. And, yes, he did abandon his family. And, uh, you know, Megan ended up having to raise um, Peggy especially on her own. And, but he just he couldn't deal with it, you know, after, uh, oh, I forget his, I forget the mom's, the mother's name. But, you know, when she died, he just couldn't handle it. And uh, he, was, he was just so sad to me. And uh, my heart went out to him. Yeah, I like the Rooney character, too. And I think it's a really indicative of how well this author writes because she could have easily made him a villain and not very sympathetic since he abandoned his family. And I think it just goes to show that, you know, when you hear about people that abandon their families, sometimes the story is uh, more complicated than it appears to be on the surface. It was interesting how... He may have abandoned them, but he showed up without them knowing it, just like the night of the carjacking. He was the one that was there for Casey and Ashley. That was amazing. He showed up out of nowhere, and had Nick not looked around, he would never have seen him. And it was interesting how... Um, all the things like Nick finding the cufflink and no one really knew what that was for the longest time and then it turned out to be Simeon's and it was just interesting the little things that she did to pull all that together how she pulled all that together in the end I think Simeon's just a jerk so far from what I've read of it. I haven't gotten too far into it. Supposedly he's going to help 
Terry get all this training and be able to better his life. That was one thing I liked um, is that when Terry had the accident, you know, the, the doctors and everyone were coming in and um, encouraging him very strongly to, you know, hey, don't just don't just sit here and think your life is over. Try to make adaptations and, and move on with it because I had always heard that, you know, before, well, maybe it was different if you were born with a disability, but that you were just sort of left to fend for yourself. So I don't know how fictitious that part of it was, but but I like seeing that, that I mean, and I hope they that it gets developed. I'm just kind of in the beginning of, of that part of it where, you know, I, I hope to see him, you know, become better and, and get stronger and, and and always, instead of just thinking, oh, well, I had an accident, and just because my life isn't what it was, it's over, because it's not. You know, as long as you're alive, you can you can still contribute a lot in some way. I forgot about that. You're right. That was ahead of its time, that part of it. I thought the whole thing with Terry was, I mean, what ends up happening to him was just one of the saddest parts of the book, and at that point, I'm like, oh, can't the author cut Lena a break here? I mean, the poor Lena. I mean, just like everything bad happened to this poor woman. And it was nice to know by the end of the book that her life ended up working out pretty well. Totally agree with you, Sherry. I was like, oh, man, nah, she just can't have any more bad happen. And what amazed me was how calculating this guy was. Oh, my gosh. He looked at her. When they were racing, and wow, because I believed when um, when they were saying that Julia was pregnant and she was in Europe, and uh, you know before uh, we find out that she can't get pregnant, um, it, um, the diary I think says that she went to have the child and. James was supposed to meet her there or whatever, and all all of a sudden we find out she can't have children, and and he, oh my gosh, this guy was so calculating and quick, quickly calculating. It wasn't just a, okay, I saw you, you know, who are you, whatever. He said he thought of this right from the minute he raised her. I I, I did like the part with... uh with Terry and uh, it, it's easy for us to forget. I mean, those people that came over from Ireland and stuff, a lot of them or the, the, the class that they were, I mean, that was just way ahead of its time because I mean, physical labor was their life. I mean, you know, his life was over for all practical purposes. And the fact that he was making an effort to try to, uh, you know, to learn, because I'm not even sure he could read. I don't think he could even read and stuff. So it, it, it's not like it is for us nowadays. And uh, uh, th- that was a huge, huge step for him. And I, I, I liked his character a lot. And uh, to call Simeon a jerk is really stating it mildly. He, he was a he was he was a truly, truly wicked fellow. So uh, uh, you'll have to see what happens to, uh, with all that, Tina. So am I not going to like what happens to Terry? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that That's how it sounds. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, he just 
that guy just seems very cold and calculating. And I was going to say something else about that, and I just can't remember what it was, so I'll think of it. Yeah, it's very sad what happens to Terry, but yeah, but what I, let's see, now what was I going to say? Um, no, he couldn't read um, at all, so I, I really uh, gave him a lot of credit for, you know, after he was so badly hurt that he, uh, you know, after his, his pity party was over, and maybe that's a little harsh, but, um, you know, between McSweeney and the doctor, you know, they... They got his head on straight, and uh, he started, you know, he started learning and walking the best he could, and uh, so I, I, I like Terry a lot, too. There were a lot of people in this book I really did like. I can't help but wonder, and, I, and I've, I've been wondering throughout the whole issue, I still wonder if James didn't cause Terry's accident. I kind of think he did. I I thought that, you know, when that chain broke or whatever, I think it was sabotage, and I think uh, James was behind it. They didn't, she didn't really say, but uh, that's kind of how I'm I'm leaning about it. Yeah, I mean, I think think the implication was clearly there. I mean, uh, uh, some of this seems to borrow a little bit from... from, uh, uh, you know, David and Bathsheba and Uriah and all that back in the Old Testament stuff. So, I mean, it's, uh, I guess that's an age-old issue. Somebody in power takes a fancy to somebody else's woman and then goes about doing whatever's necessary to to fulfill their own uh, uh, wants and desires. So, uh, uh, I guess it's an age-old story that we'll be uh, hearing over and over again. Yeah, I didn't know if it was a direct assault on Terry, but I think it just kind of gave another look at just how callous and uncaring James Simeon was about any of his employees, that he didn't care about the working conditions and he didn't care about what happened to them as long as he got the money for it. Did this develop into a a third book, do we know, or is it just the the two that, because Randy told me about the second book last night that I downloaded my poor, I have a, new um, second generation stream it's it's um it's uh, memory pretty much hasn't been empty internally or in my card since i got it but i downloaded the second book last night and from what i could see from bard there's nothing else that pertains to this to turn it into a trilogy but i was just wondering does anyone know just you know out there somewhere else on google on bookshare on you know, another place, would there be other books, or was it, do we know that it was just the first and second book here, that that is part of this, that, and then it, it wraps up after two books? Well, and I could be very wrong, so I'm not saying I'm like 100% positive, um, but I thought I saw when I got this book on Kindle, to read it in Braille, um, I thought I saw that there were three, but like I said, don't quote me. I don't remember ever seeing a third book in this trilogy. The second book, well, I guess there could be, but the second book really wraps things up well. So, I don't know. I I don't remember seeing a third book. It would be interesting, though, if there, if there was. Is she one of these authors? There's another author who I like who 
takes, um, she might put characters from one series into another series. Does this author um, do that as well? I kind of like it when authors do that. They might, you know, have one series kind of spin off of another one so the characters can kind of go between them. Does she do that? Or I, I don't think that's very common, but I've noticed this one person do that, and I, I like it. So I didn't know if Emily Richards does that too. I can't answer that, but I did pull up the Kent District Library series search, and under the Donahue series under Emily Richards, it just lists two books, Whiskey Island and the... Uh, the parting glass. Thanks, Alan. Um, no, she doesn't do that, Tina. I know what you mean. I like it too, but she doesn't do that. She has several different series, but she keeps the characters in that series. You know, each series has its own characters, and that's that's how she does it, at least from what I've seen. And I've read a good many. I wish that more of her books would be put on Bard. More on Bookshare than on Bard. But anyway, she seems to stick to her series and keep everything the same. Okay, and there does seem to be an actual Whiskey Island. Um, Tony was just trying to look it up as well, and he said he... There's an actual Whiskey Island. It, it seems to really exist, not not just in the. No, so it's, it's not just books. fictitious. Um, maybe this is in this next book, but um, it struck me that because they use DNA to identify um, James Simeon, that had they chosen to, Megan could use DNA to see if she was descended from him or from Rowan, or she could have at least ruled out Simeon or something like that, and. That was never brought up in the book. I'm just curious if they made a decision to do that later or just let sleeping dogs lie. I think they just let sleeping dogs lie. I don't remember that being in the second book. I haven't read it recently, but if anybody... I know a couple of people said they did, so if you remember anything, you can correct me. I don't remember it being brought up in the second book at all. Uh, do you, Liz? I, I, I could have missed it, but I don't think so. I don't think they used DNA testing, but I, I, they traced their lineage through Terry's line. James Simeon, I don't even know if it came up at all in the second book. He, he did not. I didn't think he did. I thought the second book focused primarily on the three sisters. One in particular. Spoiler alert. Well, there's other things that happen, but um, James Simeon's not mentioned. There's some other things that come to light, but nothing more pertaining to him. Yeah, the second book really does go back through the history, too, and gives you a lot more details. Does anybody else have anything they want to say? And if not, we can talk about next month's book. I, I really liked the character John, and I thought he was very good as a, a lawyer and delving into what he, he always was questioning about Ashley and just knew there was something about her, and I, I thought that was very interesting. I think somebody was trying to say something after Barbara, but I didn't hear it. Yeah, you're right. That was 
an interesting part. He caught right on to Ashley and that there was something going on there. And Casey being so evasive about the whole thing. He did that. He he did well on she she did a good job depicting him. Well, if no one else has anything they want to add um we can talk about next month's book and I asked Carla to host for this one because it's a book that she has been recommending to me for some time and so I've asked her to host so Carla I'm gonna turn it over to you so you can give us the information on it Okay, and I think you, I hope you all love this book as much as I do. But the the author is Jean, J-E-A-N, Kwok, K-W-O-K. And it's called Girl in Translation. And it's DB73069. That's 73069. And the reading time on it is nine hours and ten minutes so it's a nice short book which I like too because with my work schedule I don't get to read too much and just to give you a little um, sort of a a taste of what this book is about it's about um, 11 year old Kim who's a Chinese girl who um, she immigrates um, and her mom they they immigrate to, to America from Hong Kong and um, she works in a Chinatown sweatshop by day, and during the night, um, she's an exceptional student. And um, she falls in love with a boy in the factory. But the, what I like about this book is it, it sort of shows how her education sort of helps her to rise up. And um, it, it really depicts in a very realistic way that the life in the, the sweatshop too um, and and what these immigrants go through and what they went through and I, I don't know I, I hope you folks enjoy this book because I think it's good sure sure I will it is when I get back to it with my um, <laughs> I'm looking for it here but it is DB seven three zero six nine that's db seven three zero six nine i'm sorry sorry carla what's the title again you said it and i i, I guess i missed it i because i may have downloaded it because we were talking about uh, some books last month and i'm not sure if i have it or not the title of the book is girl in translation which is sort of a play on words, and I don't want to spoil it for you. You'll see why it's called that. And um, the author of the book is Jean, J-E-A-N, Kwok, um, K-W-O-K. And um, I think you'll enjoy this book. I really do. I hope you do. I downloaded it last month when we were talking about it. I thought I had, but I... Oh, well... But anyway, I, it's there, so I can read it. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Carla. I'm looking forward to reading it. Sounds like 
the author must be from China as well with a name like Quok. <laughs> well, the funny thing about her, I was thinking that too, Randy. funny thing about her last name is you think of Wok, W-O-K, that you cook in. I had the same thigh, Leela. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking, what a quack. <laughs> Sorry about that. This does sound like a good choice, Carla. Thanks. Well, you're quite welcome. I hope you're still thanking me next month. And the beauty of next um, time is going to be, I, I love how, except for when we have a leap year, that um, that February and March are sort of mirror images of each other. So it's going to be on Friday the 20th, just as it is today. And um, by then, I will be a year older and wiser because I will have had a birthday. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, I, I, I hope you enjoy it. And thank you again for giving me the opportunity to, to host it. I, I think that will be fun, too, and I'll have to talk to you, Randy, about how things are done as far as the whys and wherefores and things that are expected as far as the recordings and things like that. Well, happy birthday early. I'll make sure it gets recorded, Carla, no problem there. Um, can you do a newswire and send it to Bob? Yes, happy birthday. Yes. And if if someone does host a book club, we're new to this, so, you know, we probably would wait a little bit before we before we did it um but there's some authors we like too but if someone does host it are we responsible for the recording that goes on or is there someone else who does that yes early happy birthday carla and the 20th uh should unless they it's varied this year but the 20th should be the first day of spring which is very nice oh yeah Spring, finally. Um, to answer your question, Tina, no, you can, I'll make sure that the recording's done. That's not a problem because I'm here anyway. I um, just, I'll kick things off, get it started, and then turn it over to whoever, in this case, it'll be Carla, to lead the discussion, and we just go from there. 